Welcome to the Human Design Profiles, an entrepreneurship podcast. I'm your host, Chantel. I am a manifesting generator, and I'm also a 1-3 profile. I'm a small business strategist, workshop facilitator, and the writer and publisher of Facet for Small Business Owners. This podcast is an active learning experiment. I'm curious about how we experience entrepreneurship on an individual level and how we satisfy our desire for self-awareness. It's very true to my profile as a one three. Each episode profiles a human design enthusiast slash business owner who is here to share how their personal profile lines influence their business journey. Today, I'm connecting with Lisa, a mindset coach and business mentor with eight years of coaching experience and a master's in psychology. She works one-on-one with new and aspiring female business owners to take up space and share their expertise and gifts with the world. In her work, she blends effective strategy with helping you shift your visibility psychology, always making sure that you grow your business and clientele with authenticity and integrity. Have a listen while today's guest, Lisa, a 4-6, shares her story while you read between the lines. So Lisa, 4-6, what does that all feel like for you? And when did you first discover your profile? I think maybe around two years ago. So yeah, maybe like in 2020. Actually, I was in a like manifestation program where she shared a lot about just like human design in general. And that's when I really first dove into the teaching and, and all of that. When I first found out I'm a 4-6 and first read the meaning, especially with this, there was this resistance within me because it kind of like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? And it, it was the situation of, you know, so I am, I am now... <laughs> Oh my god, how old am I? <laughs> I'm now 37. Uh-huh. So and me and too. Well, in a few six... weeks. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, are you a Sagittarius? I am. Yes. Me too. Oh, I'm perfect. going to be 38 in okay. like a couple of weeks. <laughs> and so I had this wait. I want to be successful now. I don't want to wait until this third phase of like mm. the sixth profile, right? being in my 50s or whatever I don't want to wait for that and so initially I felt a lot of resistance towards this profile I was like I don't want to associate with it (laughs) my first experience with it and then as time went on I just had a lot of aha moments in my business in regards to what is working what is not working especially to like the four which is all about from my understanding all about community and networking and I noticed that I am getting a ton so I work with clients just one-on-one and I'm getting a ton of one-on-one clients actually from being in different communities without me having the intention of signing a client from that specific community but just because I am interested in that community it feels like fun it feels aligned and then I am naturally interacting with the people and then they come into my world and then they're like, oh, wait, I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed, I just recently wrote down actually uh, a list of my last 20 clients I had and where they came from to like have more data points. For sure. Yeah, and that's a valuable exercise. That's such a great exercise. It, it was mind blowing. I was like, my God, maybe like 80% initially mm-hmm come from some form of network community 
um, yeah. And so I was like, oh, wait, the four line, there's really something to it. <laughs> that is something that I need to pay attention to. <laughs> right. Yeah. It sounds like that feels almost effortless for you, although it wasn't the specific intention to go into those communities, finding clients that it's just manifesting by its own accord, almost. That does feel like a very four line experience from the four lines that I know. I know people are going to be really curious about what kind of communities. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your favorites and what makes those so resonant for you as a four? Interestingly enough, one was the community of the like manifestation program Mm -hmm. where I initially learned about human design. So it's like a full circle there. I had a couple of clients actually from that community where I was a fellow participant, fellow learner, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and then also I like joining masterminds, group coaching experiences, and from those, I definitely also signed clients. I'm curious if this is like a little bit of a manifesting generator thing too, because I connect with what you're saying, and I don't have either four or six lines, uh, especially in the earlier iterations of my business. In my first few years, all of my clients came from this one in-person networking group. And it just snowballed. I was doing branding and website design and almost like I'd made every person's website inside this group at one point. It was just (laughs) wild. And I credit the success of my whole business to being part of that group. Those connections were somehow more authentic. I was showing Mm -hmm. up in those communities with a desire to help more than a desire to find clients and a desire to connect entrepreneur to entrepreneur than it was a desire to find clients. So similar to you, I didn't go in thinking this is my plan, but afterwards, once I realized the success of that, I was like, Oh, this is my three line going. That was a positive experience. I want to replicate that. And so then I started to go into every other experience. Like you said, like a mastermind or group coaching Mm -hmm. where I was positioned with other learners and making those peer to peer connections and that turned into basically my entire marketing strategy where anything I bought for my business had to fulfill two purposes. It had to help me grow personally as an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur and sorry, three purposes, and then connect with other people on this honest, authentic level. And then also be a place where I might potentially find another client. So I am curious if that's a bit of an MG kind of thing. Although I noticed in your chart too, that you are markets environment and I'm kitchens and both of those are very people oriented. Yeah. Uh, so I think that possibly shows up in those elements of our charts maybe as well. Tell me a bit about markets and how you resonate with that. So markets, the first time I heard it, I was like, I, I love farmer's markets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't know, maybe every person loves farmer's market because it's such a wholesome, nice place to be in. But I, I love market. <laughs> I that don't think it is everyone, actually. Really? My friend who I was mentioning before we started recording, who's markets, her too. She's absolutely like a Sunday morning farmer's market kind of girl. And like, I never go. <laughs> I'm not markets. I, I don't think it is necessarily everyone. I find that alignment very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> One of my mentors mentioned her environment is kitchen and she was like talking about that. And then I had the inspiration to go back and actually 
read through, I typed into Google, you know, markets, environment, human design, and just read through some stuff. It makes sense that market people thrive with the flow of the seasons. Mm. And that is something that I, uh, uh, every season, I feel like I'm becoming a different person. <laughs> I love every season. I love all of them. And I'm always wanting to, and now I'm allowing myself to do that even more. I always want to have like a new morning routine when a new season starts. And I recently just started creating instead of vision boards, kind of like mood boards for mm. each season, like how I want to experience the season. And I love all things that are like you know, in fall to really do all the fall things uh, that might be cheesy, but I just, I love that so much. And so when I read that, and it makes sense, right? Like at the farmer's market, obviously there's seasonal vegetables and I think this is where it comes from. Mm -hmm. But I resonated so much with that. So I am now thinking regards to my business, I'm thinking about, well, how can I maybe integrate my love for seasons and that I flow like with the seasons and I can really feel it in my body, like having this flow with the seasons. How can I integrate that into my business in some way, shape or form, like offering, you know, like seasonal offers or a seasonal or, reset or a seasonal upgrade yeah, or yeah. Yeah. Like it's my MG inspiration going for sure. <laughs> I love that for you. I'm curious, you said uh, you've been coaching for eight plus years, but human design is a newer thing, like two years. Is there anything that felt really validating when you first encountered your chart? And then also second part to the question is, is there anything that you changed after you knew about your chart in your business? Oh my God. It has been such a roller coaster of a journey. So <laughs> let me think something that feels validating my man of being a manifesting generator and this whole idea of having multiple passions and being a multi-passionate I resonate with that so 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 much and having a hard time with this drilling down to one interest or one passion and being all about that I always envy people who have this you know I'm only doing this and I'm doing this like you know since decades and whatnot and <laughs> Yeah, I always wanted something like that. And so reading through the manifesting generator side, it was like, yeah, you know, that definitely resonates. And then also the sacral, that I'm a sacral manifesting generator. And I just know immediately if something is a yes or a no, I just feel it in my body. And so mm -hmm. when I read this, it was like, oh, okay, I am designed that way. That's validating. And then something that shifted, knowing that I'm a manifesting generator, I really had to navigate how I want to run my business in a way that also strategically makes sense and doesn't burn me out by always starting something new, right? Like we kind of like want to all yes, the time or having this desire to go after this passion and then a week later go after this passion. Really for me, I feel like it was a journey for me figuring out how to navigate that with my business, this manifesting generator, multi-passionate side. Yeah, that definitely has been a journey. Well, I can certainly relate. Being an MG myself, 
I think a lot about how I can sustain a business, which I know needs consistency and continuity mm-hmm. while also still not hemming myself in or forcing myself to work on something where I don't have that spark anymore. That's something that is instant for me as well. So wow, can I ever relate to that? For a while, what worked for me was when I worked one-on-one with clients, it was a project-based thing and it came to an end. Mm -hmm. I deliberately kept my window of time of working with clients really small. I had it down to like in four weeks, you could have a whole brand new branded website and people thought, wow, that's fast. And I just was honest that if I work with you for longer, the longer I push it, my energy for the project will burn out And then by the end, I'm not going to be producing good work anymore. And in fact, I'm going to resent the project. And I know that, so I'm planning for that intentionally. I tried a two-week window. I tried a three-month window. I tried all sorts of different um, lengths of time. And what I came to was in four weeks, I had enough time to do the best possible job on the project without getting into that resentment mode. The not self theme of being an MG is frustration. And I found if I had to work on a project, one project with the same set of colors, the same set of fonts, the same person, if I had to work on that for too long, the frustration would really set in and then it would bleed Mm. into the work that I was doing. I took a very three line approach to figuring out what is the specific precise length of time that works for me? But in the end, it was very valuable to listen to that sacral and not push past that point. By doing that, it really saved me from the burnout of it. Although I had a ton of projects going on all the time, it helped that I was never pushing myself past that point on a project. Mm -hmm. So That's something that worked for me back then. And then now that I'm not doing that kind of one-on-one work anymore, instead of embarking on one book writing project, which would take a long time and my interest might wane for it, that's when I started doing Facet instead. And so every quarter, and this might be a, a thing to pick up with like with you seasonally, every quarter I have a new topic. Every three months, I get to dive into another facet by focusing on just that one element. And then knowing that on the horizon, three months later, there's a new topic. It lets me get deep without getting bored. And maybe that is for you too. Like the seasonality is your sacred, like you're no longer excited about that season by the time it's ended. You know, you've done all the fall things and you're ready for something new, right? But I find it super interesting what you said about one-on-one clients because I don't experience what you shared at all when working mm. with one-on-one clients. And I actually, for me, feel like it's the other way around. Okay. So I feel like the longer I work with somebody, the mm-hmm. better results I get them and the mm-hmm. better we work together. But also I'm a psychologist at heart, right? I do coaching, but I studied psychology and Maybe that's the foreline as well. That's mm-hmm. very human-centered, human-focused. Yes. I have six-month offers and a lot of them renew. And I love working with people like a year, a year and a half. And then I really know their brain and energy mm-hmm. inside and out. And then I know, oh, okay, this will work for you. No, this will not. Like this worked in the past. Like really getting to know them. I could work just with, I don't know, like 10 clients 
for the rest of like <laughs> all of our lives. You know what I mean? And I do. Yeah, he wouldn't bore me. So yeah, that's really interesting because like both of us being MGs, but then we have really different experiences. Well, to clarify though, I do work with one on clients as well on a recurring basis now, but it's not a project based thing. So. For me, it was dragging on a specific project too long. Oh, that okay. felt that felt mm-hmm. bad. And so with a website, like lots of agencies would say, okay, we're gonna build this out over three months, over six months. And a key selling point for me was I don't work that way. And I concentrated my energy into a smaller amount of time. Mm-hmm. But that said, there are clients that I work with now as on a recurring basis, two times a month, two calls a month. And our relationship keeps building and growing and we're working on the same business, but we're not working on a project per se. We're working more on things that come up in their businesses. Mm -hmm. And so it was like the creating a product and stretching out that product over too much time. Whereas when I work with clients now, it's okay, what's on the to-do list today? Let's complete those pieces. I have this thing with completion. If I'm drawing out the end result for too long, that's when I notice that sacral burnout happening. Mm. And so my work with clients one-on-one now looks like we complete six or seven things in that one hour. And then the next call, we complete another six or seven things. But I find if I keep like a a loop open too long, I, I need to close loops for how my energy works. I wonder if that's also like our manifesting generator side wanting to be really quick, right? Mm-hmm. Like I notice myself with projects in my own business, I get things done really quickly and sometimes like a little scrappy <laughs> and then I go back and kind of like hash out the details or tweak like later on once I have more data points and things sure. like that. Okay. I'm picking up on something. You mentioned data points a couple of times and that feels like something that's important to you in your business. That feels like a little bit of a line six thing to me, that role model wanting to learn from experience and consolidate. Tell me more about that relationship to data. And if you feel like that connects with that role model, line six. Oh, I never thought about it that way. So, okay. Maybe a little backstory. Where I studied psychology, it was taught as a very scientific study right so we are doing a ton of like statistics a ton of data which you wouldn't normally guess when you think about studying psychology but it was for us that way and and I really appreciate that I love science my first job after graduating was um, in research I, I am a little researcher I love research in general and also like you know writing my master's thesis getting data I, I love those things and I still do, even though I really resonate with spirituality and intuitive insights and all of that, I also really do love just looking at data and looking at research and looking at what research is finding, right? I never thought about it being something around the six line profile. I don't know, as someone who doesn't have six myself, I see the six as someone who's gathering experiences to consolidate and to become wise. That's my Mm -hmm. understanding of the six line, which of course is related to the three line. And that's why that there's that whole living as a three until the first Saturn return ish 
where mm-hmm. then you go onto the roof for the second phase, then off the roof again in the third phase. But there's this, well, while a three line will experiment just to kind of see what happens, a six line really is becoming more wise with that and experimenting for a purpose to see patterns and to oh, um, yeah. amass uh-huh. wisdom in a way. And so something clicked mm-hmm. when you were talking about data points. Yeah. That, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but I can relate to that, actually. I just recently realized getting it mirrored back from other people, which I still have sometimes a hard time seeing myself that way, but other people reflecting back to my life that they look up to me and that, you know, and I even can see how often I am very influential, like if I'm going a certain route like being interested in astrology and human design and then my friends are catching yeah. on like wait what is that and you know getting into it and I noticed that with a lot of different things too I feel like the sixth line I'm still like living it obviously <laughs> I'm living the process but I don't know where it will bring me and I feel like it's not something I can necessarily push or truly I don't know how to say this, like truly like work with in a conscious, you know, I won't say efforting way because we you know, don't want to come from this energy with anything, but you know what I mean? Like this, okay, how can I make this work from this energy? I think with the six line, it's more those moments where somebody is mirroring back to me, just like the other day I was talking to a friend and just like, I, you know, I admire you for this and your strength and that and resilience that really touches me and I wouldn't have even thought that she's thinking of me in that way Mm. the sixth line right now is just noticing what is maybe also changing my life in regards to like how other people see me with the journey that I have been on and and you know just like my work and also like my inner development and all of those things and again I feel like it's not something I can necessarily influence (laughs) it's just like oh okay let's notice what comes up and and yeah and then interesting to see where the journey goes with that six line right they, what you're describing is almost this acceptance with the path and a deep trust in mm-hmm. the journey okay so tell me about the I don't know if you would call it a transformation correct me if I'm wrong but from psychology to coaching I'm curious about that like how how that all blends together I know there's a little bit of let's say, ish between the therapists and the online coaches of the world. So how do you navigate that line? And how how did that journey play out for you? Oh, well, <laughs> like another hour. <laughs> oh. Okay, the, the short, maybe like, I don't know if it's short, but let's have the medium version. <laughs> and so I studied psychology because I'm just so curious about human nature, right? And amidst all of my other passions that I have (laughs) and like career, you know, ideas I had in my life. (laughs) But I knew in my heart I never wanted to be a psychotherapist just because I am an empath. And so I just knew that I couldn't surround myself all day with people having mental health problems that wouldn't be for my best interest and wouldn't feel fulfilling for me and so 
I did like research because again, like I love data points. I, love research. I did that for two years. And then I really wanted to go into group coaching and training because again, I love working with people. And I think, well, maybe that's also like six liners. There is a love teaching. And then I followed my sacral <laughs> and just was like, I want to do like, like leadership, communication, training, you know, in organizations. And so I found a job, which is very rare to be employed for that kind of work. A lot of those are freelancers or, you know, businesses as well. And so I had this job and that was amazing because there was so much more teaching and coaching and like group coaching than, you know, therapy at all. And I loved that. I loved helping people with managing roles, like communicating better with their team and their personal development as well. And all of those like leadership skills and all of that. I love that. Um, and then we, so I am German. Back in the day, I was in Germany. My boyfriend is French. And at one point we decided to move to France. And I always wanted to start something on my own. And I was like, well, you know, if we are moving countries, then it can just be, you know, my leap of faith of saying I have to quit this job anyway. Mm. Um, I can just start my own business. And at this point, it was just clear to me, I want to do coaching. I want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching because I enjoyed that so much in the previous work that I have done. So yeah, that was my pathway to coaching. And I feel like the coaching world is... I love coaching. I really do believe it is a great industry and there are black sheep in every industry. Yeah. And sometimes it's wild, wild west too. <laughs> people having no business coaching other people. I feel like being a psychologist and knowing so much about how human behavior works, how our brain works, is just helping me being a great coach. And that is how I bring those things together. But I also do believe and love therapy. I think, you know, every coaching has its place. Therapy has its place. For me, there's no internal beef between those two. <laughs> what other people are doing, it's like, okay, let's, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your perspective on that. Not that I'm trying to get into controversy or anything, but I'm always curious about some of those things that maybe are left unsaid in those conversations. I'm curious from an MG side, how have you integrated and nurtured change in the, the types of people that you work with or like how you work with them? I have been coaching for eight years, but that was also with my previous work, my mm -hmm. business I have since two, uh, and oh my God, my, you know how people always tell you, and I tell this to my clients as well, but you know how people always tell you, you have to have a client avatar, like, you know, imagining who you're talking to, my client avatar has changed maybe 20 times, if not more, over the last five years. And so there was a lot of change in regards to the people I work with. So many people listening to this are going to find that very validating. I'm so glad yeah. you said that out loud. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes I think people say, oh, well, ideal client doesn't matter because it does change all the time for them or whatever. But I disagree with that. I think it still mm -hmm. matters. But oh, I think yeah. it should be allowed to change. Both of those can yes. be true. I think we cause ourselves a disservice when we think that, oh, well, I wrote that that one time and now it's that. And then it has to stay that clinging 
to something being a certain way for a long time is is a detriment to us as business owners. But I love that you said that that avatar has changed 20 times because I didn't hear in that that you gave up having one. I heard that you consciously allowed it to shift, which is very powerful. It would be so weird to start a business and say, oh, this is the type of person I'm working with. And then there's my data points again, right? Then working with clients, I have new data points of what I am great at or the type of person I enjoy. And then with those information, not tweaking who I'm working with or what I, you know, the transformation that I'm talking to in my messaging would be just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I have shifted quite a lot because people were coming from referrals and different communities and masterminds and groups. I have had really a big variety of people I work with in regards to age, their life situation, what they ultimately want in their lives. And not always did the client avatar I had in my mind for that moment, like the person who booked the discovery call, you know, aligned with that client avatar. But that was really a moment where I always listened to my gut and I didn't say no to people who I really wanted to work with just because they didn't fit my client avatar. Do you know what I mean? Yes. If you have a discovery call and you're like, I don't want to work with this person. I feel like we're not a great fit. There are ways to (laughs) communicate that. Yes. And I did like say no to people who on paper would be my ideal client but where in my gut there was something saying, I don't feel the energy here because I work so closely with people, right? It's like, do I really want to be on a call with this person every week and work so closely together? Oh, I'm so glad that we got to talk about that. This has been a wonderful conversation. On this show, we close out every episode with a card poll. I'm using the custom human design affirmation deck by Glow Glow Juice HD made by Christina. And the cards I'm holding are four, six specific. Some cards relate to the four, some cards relate to the six, some relate to the profile as a whole. Now that we've come full circle in our conversation, we'll do our closing ritual. So we'll start with a deep breath in together. Letting that go. The card that is speaking to me for you is, it is okay to be exclusive. I'm not for everyone and everyone is not for me, which is I really kind of what we were just talking about. Uh, and the question on the card is, do I need to assert my boundaries or assess the quality of my network? Ooh. Okay. So this statement was really what we are just talking about. So yeah. that's like a yes. And then this question is really interesting because I'm currently finding myself being really intentional, especially more and more intentional in my personal life and in my business, being more intentional with the type of people I am surrounding myself with and the communities I put my energy into because if you're in it right you're energetic influenced by the community by the people around you and that's very interesting because I am a like recovering people pleaser you know 
oh, I always want to people to get along and don't want to make people uncomfortable, which is also a great trait, I think. But on the other hand, I had to say no to like different communities and groups where when I came out of the group, I noticed that my energy was depleted mm-hmm. instead of where when I was in other groups, I came out and I had more energy. And so more and more I am saying no, just like having the awareness around that. I didn't do that before, but I'm starting to really give myself permission. And I think that's it. Like giving myself permission to say no to those groups or communities or people or places. I hate the word toxic, by the way. That's just so... (laughs) But, you know, who how like people on the internet streets would say that feel toxic to me. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Maybe you could say it's just that you're looking more towards things that feel generative. You yes, could flip exactly. it to that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That was a beautiful response. I'm glad we pulled that card. That feels like that message was waiting to come out. Can you tell us where people can find you if they want to learn more? Yeah, of course. So I am most active on Instagram. I love Instagram. I don't care what anyone says. I love Instagram. <laughs> I love I love reels. And so you can find me at Leap with Lisa on Instagram. And that is quite honestly the best place. I just started a Facebook group, which is also very poor line. Go to my Instagram and then from there I'll lead you to all the places you need to go if you want to go further. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you.